tomorrow we will celebrate the Epiphany. But today, before Epiphany, we have two witnesses, which is John the Evangelist and John the Baptist, giving the truth of who Jesus is. You know, the one who's born, the little babe, as John the Evangelist would say, he's the Word of God, he's God from all the beginning of time. But today, he addresses some things which, which some people, at the, during the time of John's Gospel, when before he wrote the Gospel, before he wrote his letters, to many begin to question. The first heresy that came to the church was that Jesus only appeared human, known as docetism. He only appeared human. But in fact, what people saw was an angel that looked like God, a like human being. And so, so this was the, 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 the truth that John needed to manifest to the people who questioned, who doubted later on, people who questioned his divinity. It was he really uh, divine. And this is why we had, among others, the council of Ephesus, which spoke of Mary as the mother of God this past Sunday. And the title Mother of God was given to protect Jesus' divinity. That he was someone who was born uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. That someone was born by, from Our Lady, but no human person was involved. It was a father. It was a gift through the Holy Spirit. So as you can see right from the start, people begin to question, who is this Jesus? Who is he? And so today, John speaks of him as someone who was being not only given to us, but the testimony of God was given to us in human form, testimony of God. And so he says, first of all, who's the one who is able to overcome this world? Who's the conqueror? Who's the victor of the world? Who's the conqueror? It is the one who believes in Jesus, the Son of God powerfully, Jesus, the Son of God, not just Son of Mary, not Son of Joseph, but Jesus, the Son of God. And, and so John, in a very simple way, I mean, you, you could, you, this is your whole life right here. You'll be able to overcome all things, evil, temptation, sin, violence, hate. You'll be able to overcome through the person of Jesus, of Nazareth, who's the Son of God. One sentence kind of summarizes for us our whole life. He's the one, and there's no other. He came to his own. His own did not recognize him. They preferred to remain darkness. Darkness is once people who reject him as the Son of God. They live in darkness. And so here we have John describing so clearly there's no other way but to make that a profession of faith for all of us. And so now, but he continues to address the question, whoever believes in him has life, but there's a witness. He wants to call upon the witness of God. And how does he call upon the witness of God? Through three things. He says there are three witnesses, water, blood, and the spirit. Blood, water, or spirit, blood, and water. So who's, 
this is the one who came through water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by water alone, by, by water and blood. The Spirit is the one who testifies, and the Spirit is truth. Okay, so there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and blood. And the three are in one accord. Okay, what are those? Jesus was baptized in Jordan River. John, the, the, the Baptist, hears a voice. And he sees this Holy Spirit like a dove coming upon him. And he hears the voice of God the Father. This is my beloved Son, in whom I will well please listen to him. So John the Baptist gives this type of witness. He sees, yes, water, he was baptized, which means water, baptized by what you mean, conversion. But Jesus did need not convert. He was a son of God, but he embraced it so he can give us an example that he, the son of God, wished to become like a servant, like a sinner. And he was not. And yet he submitted himself to baptism to show us an example. Though the Son of God he was, remember, he also gave us example of the Last Supper, washing the feet. He didn't have to wash the feet of his disciples because that was the most menial type of task. And he, God, washes our feet. God is the one giving us an example. And so here it is, John, John the Baptist gives, first of all, the witness of God the Father. And God the Father, he says, he is the one. I heard the voice. He's the one. And upon him, the, uh, the dove descends, like uh, the Holy Spirit defends like a dove, is the one, is the Son of God, is the Messiah. But then he says, it's not only the water, but the voice of God through the Holy Spirit and also the blood. What is the blood? Crucifixion. He died. He was not an angel. He died. He died suffering, died on a cross, even crying out to the Father, Father, you, have, you know, you have forsaken me. This is the witness and testimony who Jesus is. Yes, the humility of the baptismal waters, but also his suffering and death on the cross. This is the testimony of his blood, not angel, not appearing only. He really suffered, he really died, fully human, fully divine, as subsequent uh, Council of Chalcedon would say, fully human, fully divine, the mystery, yet a person of God. Now, there's one more thing for us, with the testimony. The testimony is our baptism and blood is the Eucharist. Baptismal gift that we receive become incorporated into the body of Christ, become cleansed of the original sin, becoming children of God, and then we're nourished by his blood, the body and blood. Once again, divine mercy image. He has come to us, he's coming to us the rays of blood, of water, and the blood. Again, reminding us of the very essential aspects of our faith. Yes, the rays of blood, the rays of water, purifying us and nourishing us. It's a summary of our faith. 
Jesus, you're risen. You suffered. You died. The wounds are there. And you're the one who is to come as well. You're the one. You see, this is the, the summary of the divine mercy message in some fashion here. As John gives the witness, spirit, water, and blood. But then John continues, it's not just the one, it's the gift. But we have to believe. Whoever believes in the Son of God has this testimony with himself. Whoever believes has life. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar and not believing the testimony God has given about his Son. God gave us eternal life. So it's not just the facts, historical facts, but what does it mean? What does it mean when we say Jesus is the Son of God? God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever possesses the Son of Son has possesses life. Whoever does not possess the Son of God does not have life, meaning that there's no life of God in him, which means there's no eternal blessings that flow. There's no eternal glory that's there, but it will be a separation from God. Life will continue, but it will be separated from God. And that's not life. The true life is God's life. And so this is what St. John says, whoever possesses the Son has life. I write these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life, that you who believe in the name of the Son of God, you are in a, in a possession of eternal life. Powerful words, beautiful summary of, of, the, of the first reading today. And, and then the gospel today, very simple the witness of, of John the Baptist, which we already mentioned. I heard that voice. It happened in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by, in the Jordan by John. This gospel is so simple. Once again, that simplicity of words. Uh, and coming out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, you are my beloved son, with whom well please listen to him. I have baptized you with water, John says, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He is the one. Remember when he came out from the water, he pointed out his, John the, the, the evangelist was his, was his disciple, young as he was, but he followed John the Baptist and also Andrew Peters, Peter's brother, St. Peter's brother. And it was that at that moment after the baptism, John the Baptist shows, this is the Lamb of God. He's the one who was to come. He's the one who has life. And I'm not worthy to even unfasten the sandals. I'm not worthy to even to be the, have the most menial task of washing feet. But he's the one. So from that moment on, it was the evangelist and Andrew begin to follow Jesus. He says, he says, Rabbi, where do you stay? Where do you stay? Meaning, we want to be with you. And, and he says to them, come and see. Come and see. He's inviting us on that spiritual journey. Come and see. Be with me. And I'll show you things that you'll never be able to grasp. Is not given to this world, no matter how much of the uh, much information we have around the world, even when artificial intelligence will summarize everything for us. 
Artificial intelligence can only summarize that which was created, that which came from God. So artificial intelligence will tell us more and more about what we have, we should know, about, about the creation, about God, about God. We don't have to be afraid. We can learn more and more as long as we retain that freedom to choose him, to follow him, that we don't have to be afraid. They will be constricted. And even if we're constricted in body, they will never be constricted in our heart, in our mind, because our soul is free. We can always say yes to God, even when we have doubts, even when we have problems, difficulties, we can always say, Jesus, I trust in you. You have the words of everlasting life. You're the only one. And in you, I am able to overcome everything. Yes, fear, worry, doubts, fear of death, sufferings, everything. The, the closer we enter, because everything in this life can become means to come closer to him. Yes, the good things, the beautiful things, because they provide gra gratitude and thanksgiving. The sufferings and the difficulties, problems, they offer us an opportunity to reaffirm our faith and trust in him. Yes, I don't know why I have to go through this, but I know that you are the one. We have an example today of someone who should not be a saint. Born in a very poor family, became an orphan. His father dies when he was still very small. His mother dies when he was 10, something like John. Paul II. Um, he was sickly, too weak to do anything, who couldn't learn. You know, he barely learned how to read and sign his name. He couldn't even write well at all. Um, he tried professions, and he was just too handicapped to learn how to be a blacksmith, any form of job. He didn't know what to do because he couldn't get any job. So he came to Connecticut, and he's working in the mills for a while. But even there, he didn't really succeed. Uh, so he was worthless. The pastor says to the religious congregation of Holy Cross Brothers, he says, he's nobody, he's illiterate, he's nobody, but he's a saint. And, and the Holy Cross brothers didn't want to accept him. And 40 years after he entered the religious community, he says that the first thing they did, they showed me the door, but I'm still staying in the, in the house. <laughs> but what he had, he had faith. He had faith and prayer. That's all, he didn't have anything else. No abilities, but faith and prayer. And his faith, guided him, he became, he received the, the, the simple job of being a porter, meaning saying hi to people and showing them where they can go, you know, to whom to visit, wherever it was. So he was a porter, like Faustina was too, a porter, for a while too. These are sort of unlikely saints. <clears throat> but he had faith. So he became a porter, and then what happened to him is there's a, uh, there's a, you know, pandemic like we have right now. A lot of people were dying. And so he had this great confidence in the intercession of St. Joseph. 
And so what he did is he took some of the oil, there was like a light burning in front of St. Joseph, the oil, and he took that oil and he took it a little bit and he started anointing people and asking through the intercession of St. Joseph. And first of all, nobody died and many were cured and there was a problem. There was a problem is because more and more people started showing up in the chapel and where they put Andre and they gave him a special room right above the, like a choir here, they created a little room for him and so he had the window so he could see anybody showing up at the oratory chapel and, and, and so they showed up because they were sick. And so he would show up there and started anointing and asking through the St. Joseph's intercession. And people were doing well. Then all of a sudden it became a problem. The parents of the students, because this was a college of Holy Cross, the parents were complaining. They said, all these sick people are coming. They'll be infecting our children. You know how parents take care, worry about children. So they forced them to do anointing in the tramway station <laughs> because they were so afraid that you know, all, the con all the children would be contaminated. Some teachers and professors were not always happy, as you know. You know, and they say they're gonna give, get a really bad rap, that you know, they've got this crazy man healing people with oil, and so they were afraid that it would put a bad name to the college, and so they didn't know what to do with him. So finally they told him, okay, okay, look, you live in that this oratory, keep him separate from the college. You know, of course, uh, people invaded the place, and he kept on doing this for whole, the rest of his life. And there were so many people who were received cured. You know, some of the some of the doctors were saying he's crazy, he's a you know fraud, you know whatever it is, you know, because all of a sudden they couldn't get cured, and they couldn't receive um, you know healing through medical profession, but they were going to him. And so ultimately, he lived quite a bit, a long time. And, and, you know, when he passed away, a million people passed by through his, through his coffin. But there's one thing that he did, and that towards the end of his life, 15 years before he died, he, uh, he initiated that this chapel is so small, maybe you should build a bigger church. Well, if you've ever been there, and I just happened to be there six months ago, if you ever go there, it's a huge basilica, huge, beautiful place on the top of the mountain, on the top of a hill, St. Joseph's Oratory. And, and there are just people every place coming, seeking healing, seeking grace through his intercession. All of a sudden, churches are named after him. You know, Holy Cross, the University of Notre Dame is run by the Congregation of the Holy Cross. And so they have statues of him, you know, stained glass windows of this man who couldn't do a thing, except he had faith and prayer. He was a porter all his life. Can God do extraordinary things? Yes. We see in him, we see in so many. So may we then continue. We can ask through his intercession, intercession of St. Joseph, that likewise, the things, the difficulties we have, that he may intercede for us. But above all, let us play our confidence in the one who has come. St. Joseph receives graces from the Lord.
There's no grace outside of God. There's no grace outside of Jesus. The Son of God, who became one of us, who believes in him, will have a life of glory. Who believes in him will not have to be afraid of the future because our future is already guaranteed in him. He's the one who gave us life and he will give us life of glory. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.